looking over there going, what is all that weight flying up over there? <laughs> and, and before long, we start chatting, and and then I find out he's a PhD. And uh, yeah, let me do his, let me do his his official. He's bona fide. Bona fide. And so what we mean by that is Dr. Thomas Dozer holds a master's degree in pastoral counseling and a PhD in theology. Dr. Dozer has been pastoring since about 1996 when he founded the Word of Grace and Truth Ministries in Tampa. And uh, he's also president of the Grace and Truth Christian University. He dedicates himself to building up God's kingdom through education and profound exegete of God's word in order that minds may be renewed, lives are formed, and God be glorified. And you guys, we are lucky to have him here today. Right. So it's going to be a really awesome episode. Yes, and he's going to help us on some of the words that we use around here because he's going to notice that his <laughs> he's vocabulary school, he's is... He's school us. He's going to be... I say he's going to school Kevin. He's like... Yeah, he's, He's come here to, <laughs> to do some schooling. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm proud to have him, and I've got to know him over the years. And uh, so, one of the things we've really been waiting to hear from more pastors to talk in and chime in on these subjects. And again, that's what the supernatural junkies are all about—talking right. about things that you know maybe are a little hard to talk about in the church. You know, so I think uh, probably a kindred spirit here for sure. And a chance to see what God is doing and a chance to hear from one of the best pastors I know. And uh, I have had to run lots of ideas by him. And just so you know, we don't always agree. And he's usually right. And sometimes <laughs> I have to write some things differently. Uh, but anyways, that's why I'm telling you. So what, what, just a chance to get him in our office today. And uh, I should say our studio and uh, hear, for, hear from God. And a man who absolutely believes stuff is happening right now that we need to talk about and uh, so that's why we're here and it's exciting because right now in the church we're seeing a lot of churches go a little milk toast being silent about the issues that the church body needs to be informed about so it's really exciting for us to get a pastor that is brave and bold and strong in the word of god that knows what's going on and that wants to talk about it and we love that so thank you for showing up Amen. Thank you for having me. So that first question, I, I, you know, when you think about back when COVID first started, um, <clears throat> how did that, what, what, what happened with you? What happened with your church? What was going on at that time? Well, when COVID first started, I was just getting back from Nigeria and uh, I was hearing a few things on the news. And then uh, one morning I awakened and I received this word from the Lord out. I'll give it to you later if you desire to hear it. Oh, yeah, we do. But, <laughs> uh, as far as the congregation, I began to prep them on some things. And I do remember saying this. They were speaking of taking two weeks to curve the virus, if right. I'm correct. Uh, and I shared with some people that this is a tough one because... When you give the government something, they usually don't give it back. Exactly. That's right. Uh, so I would talk with the people, and one of the main things I talked with them about was uh, faith in God. And I don't mean, well, we just use the word generically, and we go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. When you look at faith, uh, translated from the Greek word pistis, it speaks of trust and reliance upon God, giving credence to the truth of his word and relying upon him for salvation and deliverance and matters of the light. So I went into that area a lot Amen. with them. Amen. And we ended up with a pretty strong group of people. We did prepare things. We set things up. We started hearing different things. The orders came down, the essentials and the non-essentials. I was, you know, somewhat 
How do you feel about being told you're not essential? I was somewhat disappointed, <laughs> somewhat perplexed. Uh, I did speak out. We are on the air live. On uh, we're on the air live, so I did speak out openly about that. As you all know, there was one pastor who has a lot of exposure who stood firm, even was arrested. But they changed that. But when they first did it, uh, we set up. Even though I've been talking with the people, uh, you didn't know what to expect so I made sure that we were going to have the, the live recordings live videos out there and I needed the uh, audio video ministry I needed them there needed the praise ministry singers there and in truth I thought it was going to be myself and my wife right and then the people in the audio ministry and all but the musicians showed up some of the praise ministers showed up all of the people in the audio ministry showed up and there was a 60, about a 66-year-old woman who asked the question. She wanted to know, where was everybody? <laughs> and then I started, you know, I started seeing some people trickle in, and I got calls. Uh, asked her, can we still come to church? And I'm thinking, how does a pastor tell the people that he pastored, no, you cannot come? How can you? So, of course, I said, sure. And we set up. So that there could be spacing in between. Right. And then we set up the fellowship hall so that people can come. We have video down there. People can come and see from that particular end as well. And there right. were there were a couple of police officers in the um, parking lot. But that was something that was not unusual. And I you know, pretty much uh, would sometimes go out and talk with them. And also you have some somewhat, uh, somewhat of a rapport set up. So they were out, they were sitting, but they were sitting closer. Normally they're in out there, but they're sitting right. And I looked and I just talked with them, waved at them, and waved back. They sat out there for a few minutes and they drove off and they never came back. So we never really, and we haven't, I want to say this, I'll put this plug in. We've never had a problem with the police. That's good. Uh, nice. So we never... Had a problem because they knew he would body slam them. <laughs> <laughs> so we, but the people, for the most part, you did have a few uh, that were fearful. You had some who did not want to do the handshake; they wanted to do the elbow, even right. the elbow bump, and this and any other. And then you had others who just did not fear. And it's like, how? Where is the trust in God? Right. What right. are we going to hear? So I think we handled it pretty well. Uh, as I said, even though we had some people who were fearful, we had a good number of people who were not. And then you started seeing more and more people trickle in. As a matter of fact, you were seeing people who uh, were parts of other congregations because they were saying that some would come and say they just could not take it anymore sitting at home. Right. And so that's pretty much how things went for us from the beginning. Yeah, so that is just awesome that you were right away saying, hey, I'm not stopping what I'm doing here. And, you know, you're not telling people what to do, you know, but people are saying, hey, can I still come to worship God in your church? <laughs> and and yet some of the ministers around the country are saying, no, no, you can't do that. You know, and, right. and to me, you know, that's a question that I just feel like, you know, as a doctor, I can tell you I did not take one day off, not one hour off that when we were considered essential, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not going to not show up. I'm going to show up, and if people are comfortable showing up, well, then I'm going to be here for them, you know, and I think that that's, that's what America has to, to think in those kinds of lines. Um, so you talked about some of the fear, and I think you can really see that happening in what you're describing, that some people, 
they they did have fear. Well, you know? fear is not from the Lord, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, can I interject a little on no, that? No, go ahead. Uh, I'm one who will not uh, get into uh, arguments or debates online, Facebook, Twitter, places like that, because I don't believe that that's something that the body of Christ should be doing one okay. against the other. But there were some pastors who were coming on, and there were those who were coming up with these cliches. For example, is it faith or foolishness? Speaking of people showing up to worship, right? is it faith or foolishness? And then there were other pastors who were uh, shooting back at them mm. and saying, open your doors and get back on your post. And so they were going back and forth, going back and forth. And we have to remember, Facebook is not... Uh, a, a, a social media site that's specifically for born-again believers. The right. world is looking right. at this, and they see this type of thing. So, uh, Dirty laundry and, is out. Yeah, in the, way right. in, which, in, in the way in which I could, I did you know, relay that, and I'm not saying stop because I did it, because there were probably other pastors who brought people that to people's attention as well. And it seemed that there were those who felt that everything was okay because... They had set up online giving and people were giving online. So right. it mm-hmm. like it's okay because the people are still giving. Mm-hmm. But what is being given to the people? The people can be placing money uh, in the local churches and you're paying your, your, your mortgages or whatever else you have, mm-hmm. your utility bills, uh, uh, your, your staffers, I guess, that may be home or maybe in doing something. But what are the people who are sitting at home getting Okay, mm-hmm. what's happening? What's happening with them? Are they becoming lax? Right. What's taking place there? Well, this is it. When especially when you're a shepherd of, of the people that God has given you, you really have to ask yourself: Do I get a day off here? <laughs> you know, do do I get a sabbatical? <laughs> and that's what happened for a lot of people. It was much worse, of course, for our brothers and sisters out in California. Much worse around mm-hmm. the world. You know, are you, you knew, I know you know some of those scenarios, but any one of those that kind of jump out at you that thinking, well, I'm, I'm glad I can at least do this, whereas some, some people, they're, they're being arrested. I uh, knew of some who, they may not have used the word sabbatical, but uh, I knew of some who, some were trying to say they believe that God brought this. It was, you know, once again, the cliches, God yeah. is shutting down his church because his church has done this, his church has done that. So now you're putting this on God. Right. What he mm-hmm. said, and we look in, in the book of Hebrews, where it tells us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but mm-hmm. God is going to contradict his word and say, okay, I want you to just stop your gatherings. And, and also you had some using that, but when you use the uh, sabbatical analogy when the pastor is on a sabbatical as a matter of fact i just came off of one uh july <laughs> and they're 25th. good aren't they're good yeah. aren't they <laughs> and hadn't been on one in well 25 years wow. but when a pastor is on sabbatical the the leadership that you have in a local ministry it's actually carrying on with the ministry right and people are stepping up and it should be beneficial to both you and the congregation but uh, is unheard of that the pastor and the congregation is on sabbatical at the same time. Right. So sure. who's being who's being edified? The pastor may be uh, may be refreshed, but what's happening with the people? That's mm-hmm. exactly it. You know, and I think the point is that, you know, we're not trying to say you you can't do what you need to do. If you're the pastor of the church, we're not trying to tell you that, but we're saying that if you if you still show up to work, you know, we have to allow people to have choices. And I think that when you close your church totally, 
now you're really not letting people have any choice, you know. And I think that certainly if you're if, if somebody's at risk for this, they are at risk for this, you know. And we all moderate our risks every day. But, you know, again, this is where me as a person, you know, that's why I made the decisions. I'm like, I don't have any risk here, you know, and uh, I felt like I, I'm not going to live in fear. I, I don't know how many days I'm going to live anyhow. And if this is the one, this is the one. And that's kind of why I made that decision. It, w just was, it just wasn't a long process, you know, to why I decided not to take it off. Now, all my, you know, staff, um, I did not do that with them. I told them, we love you. We care about you. You've been with me for a long time. You know, you do whatever you need to do, right? We knew that we were going to see a lot less people. We wouldn't need as big of a staff. You know, and I think that's what we're saying here, that love allows those choices and, uh, and respects people. And that's what we want to even come out in our dialogue. Um, so if you think, what was some of the first things maybe about COVID that you felt like maybe there's a, this is clearly some deception? When it first came out, I don't think that I saw a deception I saw uh, a a virus once again that's when it first came out right because it's just hitting and it's like okay you're seeing this virus hitting uh, then when we go as I mentioned earlier the two-week curve and then mm -hmm. everything shut down everything's locked down now you're starting to see a separation of people uh, the first thing that hit me when I would go outside even though uh, we're in Florida mm -hmm. and it's sunny. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what the skies looked like. It's like all I could see was gloom. It was gloomy. Yes. Everything was very gloomy. Uh, as it began to progress, and of course, you know, being you know, being a PhD, you don't just get the degree. Right. And then now it's just on your wall and, and that's that. You still have to do research. Right. You have to continually educate yourself. You do interviews. You have different people that you know in different places and different contexts. And I begin to uh, uh, gather information from different people. And then I would, even yourself, I would go to you and shoot things off yeah. to you, different positions here and there. And, and you would give this and then... Um, we would sit and maybe I would give you a theological viewpoint, which you yourself had one as well. And we'd go through that, and then you're able to give some of the things from uh, your expertise and your contacts. And I started seeing these things uh, come about. And then I began to wonder, why can, why can you not tell us where this came from? Because right. you're having the you're having the argument, you are having the wet market. Yes. Then you're hearing it being referred to as the China virus, and then we're introduced to Wuhan. Right. And uh, and then later, as time goes on, and you don't really hear them talking about it until a year or so later, gain of function, which there are people that I, I'll ask, I'll, I'll shoot things about people. Do you know what gain of function is? And they'll say no. And so I like break it down to them. And these are usually the people who are giving you a, uh, can I say this? Yes. They're giving you a CNN, MSNBC report. Yes. Okay. Uh, and anytime you have something 
that's happening to the people and you have individuals trying to offer solutions or even giving you the origin and all of it is being shot down yes that's a warning flag censorship really yes yes. and then the key word that you kept hearing and i will i'll bring things like this across to my congregation you kept hearing the word science 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 and i share with my congregation that whenever you hear a word that's being repeated over and over and over what you're hearing is what is known as gaslighting Right. They're going to say something over and over and over until you begin to believe a certain thing that may just may not be so. Mm-hmm. And so if you tell me science, then I need to know. And you say trust, you say the experts. Right. You need to give me some names. You right. cannot tell me scientists, doctors, experts, and you give me no names. So now I need some names. He's I'm, singing my song. Yeah. I know. My Ever song. since he's, I'm almost like my wife must have called like, him before he got here. It's like we're singing like in the he's same He's talking choir. about gaslighting and, okay, so okay. talk about gaslighting, sweetheart. No, he's already told you what it is. I know. He's already but, told you. It's making you feel like you're crazy when <clears throat> you're not. He's like, he's just basically like, yeah, sure, okay, sure, whatever you just said. But it makes you feel like you're crazy when you're not. But he just told you what it is. That's exactly what it is. <clears throat> yeah. So that's a, you know, so you're starting to say, hey, they're talking a lot, but they're not exactly saying, you know, I know Fauci came out right away and said, you know, that all these scientists have got together and we've decided. And like that had never happened. He never named anybody. He never named any, you know, that this is somehow a natural cause. And now we know that that was all a lie. Or he would always say, well, <clears throat> I know the paper you're talking about. Um, it has been verified up and down the chain by dozens of scientists. Well, when they filed a lawsuit, I can filed a lawsuit saying, well, if it has in fact been verified by all these scientists, then we need to know their name so that we can verify what you're saying. You have this many days to prove it. We need to see that chain of command. They weren't actually able to do that. And so I can won that lawsuit. Um, do have people heard about that? It's the same thing when the Washington Post constantly made false reports about Trump, they then have to go back and correct it but but you don't hear that correction do you no right you don't hear it that's gaslighting they they give a false report knowing that they're doing it but then they know that the correction never gets the same amount of and the thing is once you get it once you get it out there uh, they don't correct it because they realize that a number of people have heard this and they're going to run with it and they're going to stick with it and if you're locked into a particular network then you're not going to check the other networks because one will, uh, they love to use the word demonize, but the only thing I think that's demonized is that which is against God. But one will do is what they would, what they would call demonize mm-hmm. the other, and then a person will say, well, these people over here lie. My question is usually, if you have information, if you have pictures, if you have video, if you have recordings, how is it a lie? Could it not be that someone else is holding something from you? Right. And then going back to what you were saying, when uh, the for- our former president was mentioning, when he mentioned hydroxychloroquine, how that was shot down. And I asked my friend, I asked him, I said, when we went to Nigeria, I said, what did we take? We took two medications. What did we take? I just wanted to confirm. And immediately he says hydroxychloroquine and I forget the other one. 
And this served to prevent you from getting malaria. And neither one of us got sick over there while we were there. And so it was like, why are you shooting something down instead of bringing out what it was what it was uh, invented for. Mm-hmm. Why are you shooting this thing down? So now things start to look murky and they start to look, now that's what begins to look sinister and demonic. Now things begin to look sinister and demonic. And so now this is where you go from, uh, and I know things we can't mention, but this is when you go to your, your contacts and all of that, people who, and then here it is, you're getting things and then maybe weeks later, some cases months later, in some cases two days later, now you hear those things discussed. So now you know that, yes, there are some things that are taking place that are not good. And then the question becomes, why? Mm-hmm. And then that takes you back, and I'll let you go on, but then that takes you back to another area that you'll probably hit into. It takes you to Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. Yes. Because yeah. we have to look at his comments concerning COVID-19. But wait, so, what, wait, what can't what? we mention? Because... This is the supernatural junkie. Right, we can we mention can talk it. About First of all, truth is, truth is not, sub, it, it is not subjective, right? Um, it's just the truth. Okay. It might hurt your feelings, but those are your feelings. The truth is the truth, folks. So one of the things we don't know about Dr. Thomas is that he also had some military experience. But when did you uh, have that experience with the ivermectin? Was that in the military or was that more recent? The uh, hydroxychloroquine was in... Mm, 2000. Okay. That was in t- the beginning. As a matter of fact, the beginning of 2000, I could give you the day. I believe it was January 9th of 2020. Uh, we took the hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, January 9th. Uh, we were in uh, Nigeria. Okay. Uh, as far as the military was concerned, if I would go back to the beginning, when you uh, first enter, it's almost like an assembly line. And you've got this high-powered gun, pow, and you're getting popped. You're getting these shots and all. You're getting these shots and all. And uh, just, I mean, just from uh, basic training alone, you're kind of like introduced to gases. You're introduced to chemicals, Mm -hmm. and uh, you break your mask so that you can see what it would feel like, and you look like some monster coming out there. Everything is out of control, mucus running, all (laughs) kinds of stuff, and you can't halfway breathe. Uh, And then when you're in, like, permanent party units, this is what you're assigned to. Uh, One of the things that we trained for in those days, as a matter of fact, time when I was in, we had the NATO and the Warsaw Pact, and our biggest threat was... uh, the communist nations, right? Okay, Russia was uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republic at that time and all, and so you prepare, you train for these chemical attacks. You had these big suits on, and and I want to say this: chemical biological warfare. It's not intended to make you sick, right? The purpose of chemical biological warfare is to destroy you right. with these chemicals. Mm-hmm. And so you're going you're gonna to have some man-made stuff. It's not like you're putting me in a cold environment. You're putting me somewhere uh, near the Czech border somewhere, which I've been there. But you're not putting me somewhere like that and saying, okay, let's just let him freeze and, and get sick, get pneumonia or the cold. No, they're creating something mm-hmm. to put on the inside of you is going to be released either through the air uh, from from planes or uh, helicopters or maybe even uh, through some type of uh, weapon 
Yeah, so all of this experience has really shown you to be maybe even looking out for these kinds of ideas. Yeah, when you look at the damage that it does to people's bodies, it caused me to think. And I did talk with some medical people asking about things like pneumonia, the flu. And even though I realized that pneumonia, it does affect your lungs, uh, my question uh, with some was, does it, does it scar them? Does it damage them? Does it do all of these things? And what I was doing, I was thinking about what chemicals do uh, versus you having a, a virus that's, right. that's, that this really that really spreads through humans. And I'll just say it like this: It <clears throat> turned out that some of the questions that I asked, "Does this do this and does this do that?" Pneumonia, flu. The answer was no. No. Yeah, because I, you know, I knew of a person or so who died from this, and blood clots, blood clots started to develop, and all these different things were were, were taking place within them. Hmm. Uh, on the other hand, and I don't mind sharing this, uh, I have a daughter, my youngest daughter. Uh, she contracted it. Uh, one of my granddaughters. Uh, contracted. Wait, it. you're old enough to have grandkids? I'm old enough to have grandkids. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pastor, yeah, Pastor Dozer is older than me, but he looks younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they they all re- they all recovered. They all recovered. You know, they're healthy. They're healthy and all. Uh, so when I look at some of the things, some of the other things that happen with people, and even with my daughter. Uh, she was just telling me it, her body felt like a wreck. It was a very painful, very, very painful, and mm. mm-hmm. hurt. And it, it just—it just seems. How would I say it? Very. You, you can say it's a new strand of COVID or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's something that you, we hear of aches, body aches, and this and that and the other. But when you hear even men saying that it felt like their body was in a wreck. Yeah. Um, and all of these other issues, you just start to think to yourself, this isn't normal. And then that's triggering, hey, maybe this was gain of function, right? Maybe somebody well, designed this. Is it, is it normal to get something that is a, like almost a flu virus and get, like he's saying, scarring on your lungs, kidney damage that's permanent? Um, all sorts of issues that they say are long-term if not permanent from getting a flu-like virus is that normal right I, I mean let's put the question out there for people no folks that's not normal that is not a normal function have has anybody ever gotten a flu-like virus that they ended up with permanent bodily damage right huh so then also the fact that they're kind of smearing the hydroxychloroquine because you'd already had some previous experience with that that was another sign to you that, hey, here's a treatment that's been safe. I've used it or I was given it. Why are they smearing this? You know, so that was another reason that you're like, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah. When now we'll just fast forward a little bit and then you start getting more information. And uh, now you look at it and you're saying, okay, as you were just saying, there's something. And I, I will use this word because this has to. The, the, uh, I don't have a political party, but I do want to say this: I I do believe that that which is on the left is very sinister. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. I believe it's sinister. Uh, I some years ago in 2012, and people hear me saying things like this, and say, "Oh, did he really?" And the truth is, yes, mm -hmm. I really did. But in 2012, at the end of the election, and I used to be pretty heavy into the politics, and, and I was, and I didn't hear this audibly, but it went on in my in my heart. And I saw a piece of paper on the ground. And I bent over to pick it up. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like that. I, I, I see something, and it's like, boom! I can look at the tape and just. Like, I will tell you, he is dressed way better than we are today. I'll tell <laughs> here you. Here he goes. Oh my God. I said, man, are you taking your wife out for a date? Because he he's ready to that. go. He's ready to go. <laughs> he's but looking I, good. <laughs> but I looked down, and then here, this dialogue, just well, not dialogue. It was, it was just you no. Know, it was just one, and uh, I guess that'll be mono. But here it is, and I hear this, a vote is like a seed. Whenever you sow seed, you expect a harvest. Yes. Mm. And then I heard the harvest from this vote, from this election, will be corruption. Hmm. And it was like, not because wow. of the man. This is when uh, President Barack Obama won re-election. It was like, not because of the man, but because you looked at, because people looked at the man as the Messiah instead of me. Amen. And I was wow. terrified. I was terrified because wow. I was like, man, the church is in I trouble. I got chills. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> me too. But then oh. you just kept hearing corruption, corruption, corruption. You kept hearing corruption. Yeah. And I had to go before this, this, this church and bring this out. Well, really it was several churches they were having this and I had to announce something and when I got up there I had really it was it was now in January 2013 and I heard the words tell them now oh, oh, no. oh, like, oh. you one of those guys you and I'm tell looking them? I'm gonna be honest <laughs> oh, with you no. I'm looking and I'm like 99.9 percent .9 of the people in here are black just like me oh, no. and it came stronger tell them now <laughs> oh dear so I stood up there and started telling him I had a pastor friend in there. He he grabbed the announcements that I was supposed to get. He snatched them off. So that showed me, okay, I'm supporting you. You need to tell them. He didn't know. I hadn't told him. <laughs> and so I shared this. And at first, you could really see the. And then when it got to the portion about you By the looked way, at him pastor as the Thomas just crossed his arms and said, oh, and you know, there he goes again. And, and he's healed <laughs> remarkably well from the stoning. So I have to say, I don't see the scarring too bad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, when we got to the portion about you looked at him as the Messiah said of me, that's when people like broke. And then right there was like, now tell them to repent. And the person who was supposed to minister the word that night would not come up. This is true. I will not make things up like oh. this. If I had to bring that person in to admit it, they would. So, uh, wow, wow. I, <laughs> I can't even. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Man, I mean, like, no. You know, tell it. us we, more. Because we, no, we we're, we're all like, no, we want to hear the rest. What happened? Like, <laughs> we totally uh, do. Tell us more, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't we're imagine. On the, we're on the end of our seat. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So you hear this word, and you're walking up there, and you now God's telling you to say so it. So you now told him, and you told him. You already know this is not this is not happy time right here. No. So the way it ended, I ended up being the person. I ended up when I was supposed to be up there for about two minutes. I ended up being up there for about forty-five minutes, and the things that 
I just laid out some things and and you the thing is we have a tendency the church we have a tendency to forget and this is not this is not something that I'm, I'm going to the church now because the church we really should be shining a light at this time when, right. we, when we're seeing all this fear mongering. Yes. We should be shining the light and we should be the ones stepping up in boldness. But if we decide to go into the cave, then there is no light. And now whatever the agenda is, it can be it rules. The, the agenda can be uh, the agenda can be carried out. Yeah. OK. And so this is what this is what I believe we're seeing happen today. The church folded. Yes. The church folded along with the world. Now, I do want to say this, and I believe you mentioned this earlier, and I did say things like this, and people will try to twist your words. You already know this, but I brought out, as as your faith is, so be it unto you. Now, uh, I w- want to make sure that there's no con- condemnation. Don't condemn those right. who Absolutely. don't come. Right. But likewise, those who are coming should not be judged by those who are not. Right. I was not going to be in that camp of not coming. Right. That just wasn't going to be the case. I don't really, uh, I don't deal with the issue of fear. Right. For the most part. I have one thing that I do, you, you probably find it's a little humorous, but I fear lightning. <laughs> now, and he lives I, in Tampa Bay. Now, lightning, oh, yeah. now, now, lightning, <laughs> I, lightning I, it starts lightning, and I'm going inside, or I've got to get in my car real fast. <laughs> That's called smart. And I'm thankful to the Lord that it didn't pop me. But as far as people are concerned, I don't carry fear. As far as sicknesses are concerned, I don't carry fear. Because as a true believer, I believe that I should look to the bless. I shouldn't just talk about the blessed hope, but I should look to the blessed hope, eternity. And people hear me say this, so I have to make make it clear to them. Now, understand me. I don't have a death wish, mm-hmm. but I'm saying I know that it comes, and I'm not just one who walks in fear. Because some people hear you say, "You're not fear. You're not fearful. You're not fearful." They think, "I mean, this person might have a death wish. You have to watch out." They don't have a death wish. They just really trust God, and they believe that to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. That's right. Amen. So, Amen. Uh, well, but let me wait, just, wait, let me, do you do know that Tampa is the lightning capital <laughs> of the world? Yeah. Oh, okay, I just, yeah, see, see, sorry, yeah. sorry, I didn't, I was Pray joking. for me, pray for He's me. He's still a fan of the okay. Tampa Bay lightning, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. Wait, well, you know, and this is what I love about what you just said there, is that, you know, God had been distilling something inside of you, and maybe even not even fully developed, and here you are in front of a congregation, and in front wow. of your peers, by the way, and God says to say it now, I mean, what did that really feel like? Uh, Especially because the hope, I mean, I, it was that, you know, Barack represented yeah. something bigger, right? I yep. mean, that's why he was the Messiah for I representation. looked out <laughs> at the people and I'm like, oh boy, I think said say it now. I spoke it, but once... I believe once you start speaking, you know, you stepped out there mm-hmm. and you do it. And I believe that's the problem. Some don't want to step out, just like what you all are doing now. Some don't want to step out there. Right. Because you can, you can go and you can find something on anybody that you want. Even, I mean, uh, none of us were born, born again. 
okay? Right. And you can find some, even in, in cases of creating lies, think of Brett Kavanaugh, for example, creating lies. You can find something or you can create something. Here's what I like to use when someone says, okay, and I know I'm kind of like deviating from the question, but here's what I like to use when someone uh, wants to bring up what you were, I tell people this is an awesome opportunity for your testimony. That's right. Because this is where you can say, yeah, isn't God good? Yeah. Look Amen. at what, that is so true. What you just said is so true. <laughs> right. But look at what God, don't you want the same thing for yourself? Right. And, and so, but <laughs> that's, but that's pretty much how it was. I want to be honest. It was, you were like, man, I believe that's why my friend who's a pastor, he's my close friend, like a brother, he snatched those. And I said, no, you're, you're going you're to say what God told you to say. And wow. so I love it, that. at first it was a little, but then boom, and you go ahead and you, and you you bring it, uh, so just like what you're doing now, well, you all are just I am bring it. I'm telling you, I have had chills up my spine twice. That's great, because <laughs> you start to realize, you know, that spirit of God does, you know, it it can bring us all into a moment, and that was a huge moment. I'm I'm glad you shared that with us, and and really for everybody that gets a chance to hear that. So you know, we we all are going to come to that moment, and we're all going through this, and we can all go through it together, and. And it's going to get better when we talk about it and acknowledge sure. that we're, we're going through it. So I just thank you for sharing that. Um, I guess my next question was, and I think that where a lot of the secular people are really struggling because they're like, they're seeing this, but they don't really understand that there maybe is an agenda behind us, a, you know, a nefarious agenda. What would you say about that? What do you think is the agenda behind some of this? I do, I do believe that regardless of how it got out, and we pretty much know that, okay, we pretty much know now that it was man-made, right? Yes. yes. We know it's man-made. Absolutely. And we know that people really get sick from it. That's one thing they need to understand when people say things like this, don't allow don't get it twisted. Nobody's here sitting saying that it's not real. That's right. right. But the question is, why was it put out there? Yeah. Uh, there, I mentioned him earlier, uh, the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, mm -hmm. born in 1938 in Germany, born in Hitler's Germany, even though he was seven years old when the war was over. Um, this man here, uh, he, he believes that COVID was an excellent opportunity for the Great Reset, okay? And when we look at the Great Reset, one of the things that is a part of the agenda is having total control over the human race, authoritarianism. Yes. Another thing is to create this superhuman, yes. okay? And so that's when you go into transhumanism. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do that, but what you're going to do is you're going to have to alter DNA. Yes. Okay. And that's not going to notice. I said, if you're going to do that, the truth of the matter is you're not going to get it done. You're going to be like Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. You're trying to create this great being and you really end up creating a monster. Yep. Um, yep. But the truth is you have monsters that are destroying that which is fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. And so you use fear to induce this and people run to it. Um, we don't, they don't really tell us what the ingredients are. I won't say anything over here because I don't have facts, but you can hear certain things from certain people 
who are pretty much credible, mm -hmm. and you find that there are things in there, supposedly in there, that are very, very dangerous for human beings. That's right. Okay? Yes. Um, you have people, for example, you have two of your leading virolog virologists of the FDA resigning right when it comes to this booster yep yes uh so why would these why would these people resign right over these boosters uh i would have to say subjectively speaking that they know the damage that is going to come and perhaps the damage that has already been done and they don't want to be accountable for such action uh that is what i would say so Going back to what I believe you, it, 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 it helps them to grab a form of control because to have this thing spread all over the earth, whether it was released accidentally, which that's another thing, subjectively speaking, I don't believe it was an accidental release. But when you can get control over an entire society, now you can bring in, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can bring in an authoritarian leadership. I believe that anyone who wants that type of leadership, who wants that kind of control over billions of people, you have a person who's absolutely psychotic. They're yes. sick. I believe that's what you have. And you have a number of those people in the world today. Uh, we've seen people with so much power, so much power, and people being in political office for so long and unfortunately, the people who vote them in keep voting for these people with the same thing, not recognizing that when a person is in that particular position, they begin to think only about themselves. Yes. You vote them in on, on, on lies. Oh, I'm sorry. You vote them in on promises uh, <laughs> that are never really kept because their concern is not to carry out what you desire, but their concern is to carry out their own purposes. So this in itself, because there will probably be questions about this a little later, but this in itself, I believe, will lead to what man refers to as a uh, one world order. Yeah, At least that is what they want it to lead to, a one world order. And in truth, that is going to come one day when you look in the book of revelation chapter 17 i believe when you get to verse 17 it speaks of these leaders these these leaders there 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 are 10 kingdoms there's there there are 10 leaders and in different kingdoms there are three of them who have not have not yet received their kingdom but it tells us that these individuals are going to give all of their authority to the beast and it tells us that what they're doing they're doing because god gave them uh, God gave them over to be of the same mind. God gave them all the same mind to do what they would do. So a person would say, well, then it's not their fault. Then it's, it's God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. Because now you go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where the word says, because they would not believe the truth that they might be, the Amen. love of the truth that they might be saved, God gave them over to a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. And that word strong comes from a Greek word, which speaks of a supernatural influence. And so I believe that you have leadership around the world, rulers of the darkness of this world, that are being influence demonically to do what it is that they're doing and i believe that COVID narrative works well for them in this regard yeah i mean you just lit it up there man i mean yet again i'm feeling the chills i'm like wow <laughs> this is exactly what the bible was telling us was going to happen and again we're seeing this happen 
and yet we're seeing the silence. But you can see in, in God's great pastors and God's learned men, you know, we know this stuff. And when it's happening, we, we have to start talking about it. And uh, I just, just appreciate every word you said there. Um, sweetheart, did you have any questions for him right now? Um, well, just to go back to some of the stuff that he was saying earlier, I wanted to ask, how do you feel that uh, when they talk about the vaccinations and, and who they're pushing the vaccinations to and who so far hasn't been vaccinated or has the least amount of vaccination rates, do you feel like this is being pushed to a certain racial groups? <laughs> and how do you feel about that? I believe that it's it's being pushed to, to certain demographics. I yeah. do believe it. Uh, because let's be clear, right now they say that the rates with the lowest vaccination rates are blacks and Latinos. Yeah. African Americans have the lowest vaccination rates. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be for a number of reasons. It could be because of, as just as there are some people fearful of the, the uh, virus itself, there are some people who are fearful of vaccines. There are some who don't trust the history of vaccines with black people. Okay. There are some who believe that they're trying to kill off black people. <clears throat> um, and then you, for example, if you go back to the, uh, the Tuskegee Airmen. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and you go back to them and, you know, injecting these individuals with syphilis. Oh my and God. so you don't, experiment, yes. you don't really trust what they're pushing. Yes. And for those who really stay on top of it, you have to ask the question, uh, why doesn't the Congress have to get the vaccine? Right. Right. Or the employees of, of Pfizer and Moderna. Right. right. Why do they right. not have to get <laughs> why weird. do they not have to get the vaccine? I go all the way back and, and see I, you, this is when people you can't be you can't have a short memory. We have to go back to the Affordable Care Act. Uh, former President Obama likes for it to be called Obamacare, so I respect them and say Obamacare, okay? You have to go back to that. A lot of people didn't realize it, but the Congress and the Senate, those people up there, they were exempt from getting uh, in the exchanges. Yep. They kept their own insurance. Right. When you do something sure. like that, that tells me that you know that what you're putting the people in is not better than what they had. Yes. Because if it was better than what you had, you definitely aren't being sacrificial up there. If it was better than what you had, then why wouldn't you take it? And so I look at this and I ask the question, okay, uh, if you're not taking this and you're saying that this, this is going to save people, this is going to make people better, then why aren't you taking it? Okay. And so um, I, I think there are demographics who just don't trust the government. Uh there are some people who, once again, I'll just repeat myself. There's some people who don't trust. There's some people who are fearful. Nor should they, though. And 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 <laughs> I believe we're at a place where you cannot trust because you have to look at it. The story has changed so many times. Initially, we started out. There was the two-week curve. Right. Then the vaccination was supposed to stop it. Yep. Okay, when when President Trump brought out herd immunity, you tried to make it sound as though he was talking foolish. Yet, uh, who was it? Was it uh, Sweden, Norway, one of those nations, Switzerland, one of those nations, Sweden, a couple I of think. them? They, they, that were herd immunity, and, and it worked. And so now you're trying to say, well, the, vas the vaccine, that's going to get us in the herd immunity. Yeah. Okay, but then you, now we need a booster because, and you keep getting these variants. Well, my question is, is there anyone that's aware of what you call virus shedding? Mm 
Right. And I'm pretty sure you're aware of virus shedding. Yeah. Right. And this is where they're saying a person can, probably me touching you or something like this, yeah. a person who's been vaccinated, okay, you can actually shed this off on other people. So the question can be asked because it hasn't been answered. How do you know that the vaccination uh, isn't causing others to become sick? Yeah. There are just too many questions that are not answered and i believe that in itself is keeping a certain demographic from doing it well and there's a long history of when a vaccination program starts that in fact the illness that it's vaccinating for people get sick that mm-hmm. happened with polio right when the vaccination started there was actually more people getting sick with polio because of the vaccination and you can look that up that's actually historically true um, and also this distrust of when the government gets involved is also problematic. Do Can you look back when, um, especially when we start talking about demographics and um, programs, medical programs. Um, I know myself, I've looked into this and I'm sorry to say there's a program with Quaker Oats that happened maybe in the 30s and 40s when they were testing out cereal and they were they would go to areas that were specifically Um, in cities, lower income, and they were saying, hey, we're going to give your kids cereal because we know that you maybe can't afford it. And what they were doing is they were actually running medical tests. And what this cereal had in it, it had lead. And um, these children and the birth defects that they had, it was horrifying. And they found when they found this out was when um, something to do with FOIA, um, Freedom of Information Act, and the, the birth defects that these children ended up having were horrifying. But this was an experiment run by the Quaker Oats Company. I'm sorry to have to say that, but that is true. Um, I, I read and it was a horrifying experiment. But that's why this distrust happens in the neighborhoods that these things happen in. One more thing. World Health Organization went over to Africa. A Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation signed up with, um, do you remember the Depot Provera um, birth control shot? We yep. banned it here in America. Well, Bill and Melinda Gates, aren't they great? They went over to Africa with these Depot Provera shots. They renamed them, and they were giving them out to the African women for free. Isn't that great? Because they were banned here in America. But they're like, hey, we just want to help you with birth control over there. Oh, isn't that great? Isn't that awesome, guys? Banned here. But meanwhile, they go over there and give them out for free. Do you really think it's out of the goodness of their hearts? I don't. But we're willing to put our bodies into their hands. And now they would go and say, you know what? We're going to give this vaccination to lower-income places right and they they have even said we've heard them that we're going to go to lower income places first because we know that those populations um need them first speaking of which latinos and african-american communities that is not out of the goodness of their heart that yeah. should infuriate you because it infuriates me yeah. yes <laughs> i seen that you bring that up because uh, i remember um months ago when I believe there was a community in uh, Manatee County, and it was more so of an upper middle class community, and they were getting the vaccine, and uh, Governor DeSantis was attacked. Are you are you familiar with that one? Yes. Because they were yes. getting the vaccine. But just going back, I want to say this, even if people are not aware of it, if you listen to the podcast, uh, you can research it. But if you go back to pre-planned parenthood and you go back to its founder Margaret Sanger the main purpose 
was to sterilize black people. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay. Amen. And yes. black people lead the way. Hear me, please. This is a black man saying it. Black people, and don't go in percentage, because it's not just percentage, but it's also numbers. Black people lead in abortions. Yes. Most abortion clinics are set up near black communities. And so Planned Parenthood was designed uh, to eliminate that population. First, you wanted sterilization. I'm just going to paraphrase Margaret Sanger. She's dead and gone now, but uh, you can look she, it up. She referred to she referred to blacks more so as breeders. Okay, and 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 some you're not worth the food that you eat. And there are a number wow. of other uh, high-profile people that you could put in that. So there are some people who are aware of that. And when we keep hearing these rebuttals on the sterilization. Uh, and the impotency that's happening to men, how can you give a rebuttal on something uh, when you're not researching it to see is it so? How can you give a rebuttal when you're not investigating it? But there are people uh, who have, since they've taken this vaccine, they have, it's been reported that they've become uh, infertile or they become impotent since they've done this, women becoming sterile, men becoming impotent since they had this uh, vaccine, problems with miscarriages, problems right. with uh, menstruation and, 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 and what have you, a number of problems and thousands, yes, thousands of deaths. Yes. But these things are being covered up. I believe another thing that you can add in there, because I look at these same-sex marriage, yeah. transgender, uh -huh. abortion, yep. and now this. All of these things contribute to what when it comes to the agendas that the UN has. They contribute to population control. Yep. And so I believe that's also, there are so many diabolical things right. that are a part of this because you have the elite group. When I think of uh, former President Obama and his party. Yes. When he had his party, uh, it was it was said that okay, the comment was made when the people were there. He had a number of people, and they were unmasked. These people were intelligent. So now you look. Uh, you're looking at a group that is superior to another group. These yes. people refer to as being intellectuals right. and, and, and what have you. So what are you saying? They can do it because they're intellectuals, but everyone else, there's no intelligent level. Right. So yeah, you're working, <laughs> you're working demographic and you're also working class groups. Well, Sturgis was going on at the same time, which um, <laughs> Fauci came out and said, you know, they, I'm sorry, three masks. Um, three masks, 20. Yeah, but he was saying that they should shut down Sturgis because they went to community college. And um, they were, you know, in his mind, white trash, so they shouldn't be allowed. But <laughs> meanwhile, um, Obama's 600-person party was totally fine. Um, which, by the way, I want to add that I in no way mean that um, all African Americans are um, uh, under, you know, any racism whatsoever. Those are not my words. Those yes. are simply what the news was reporting. Yes. As far as the World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates was going to those communities saying that that's what was in those communities. That's not my feeling at all. If you know me, 
you know that that is not how I feel. Well, and the and here's what I'll say. I read a really nice article, and it specifically pointed out how a lot of the black pastors were standing up against this, and that's one of the reasons behind people not getting vaccinated. And the reasons is exactly Thank what God you said. Yeah. They were telling people what, hey. Why should we be trusting this? They were talking about what's happening. Yes. Right? The and history, then all yeah. of a sudden you're saying, wait a minute, this is what's happened before. Why yes. would we be trusting these people? And if you're reading your Bible, I mean, you listed three, four things easily that I could think to myself, wait a minute, there's going to be a government that comes around, right? And basically anything they tell us is going to be the wrong thing. We know that that's going to happen one day, right? And so here you have this group of people. And so that I was proud of them. I got done yeah. re reading that article and thinking to myself, that's what we need. And if the pastors will stand up, okay, and if we start standing up and talking about this, we will empower people and uh, put the truth out there. But we spoke last night specifically how the, the transgender and the emasculation or the demasculation, the, um, the whole thing of taking away the testosterone in our society is intentional that that is a part of this plan that meanwhile we have china building super soldiers but we are telling the american public to neutralize our males to take away that and that everybody is fluid that this whole fluid gender fluidity whatever is happening like let's emasculate the men let's take that away that that is don't stand up like um somehow that's wrong that we should, oh, just, you know, everybody don't react to that. That is in our society that's no longer allowed. That that's part of the plan. That we are trying to make our children, the next, the next generation compliant, right? Just be good little automatons. Just obey. You know, maintain the course. Just take, oh, let's everybody stand in line while we take your temperature. This is all part of the conditioning, right? But other countries were, hey, they're making super soldiers. But here... You guys, let's take away that testosterone. Let's take away your ability to fight or stand up for yourself. We don't want that. Uh, speaking of uh, soldiers, military, uh, what we're seeing today is a lot of, as you would say, social engineering. And I think you began to, I know you began to see that in the military. Uh, and what you're doing, what you're seeing is an emasculation of men Yes. And in truth, I don't think that I don't think that a woman, I don't think that a woman has a problem with who she is, just like a man doesn't have a problem with who he is. I believe you're trying to emasculate men. Um, you, they're trying in some cases, you're trying to make women uh, what they are not instead of allowing them to be who they are. Yes. And when we're, when we're doing these things, and, and the world has made it, and when you make a statement like that, um, you're, you're, you're a misogynist. Uh, I wanna, sometimes people use words, and, and, they, and, and when you think that, and, you know, miso and gune, you have two words. One is your Greek word for hatred, and in gune, your Greek word for woman. And so you're saying they hate women. You don't... <clears throat> I don't think a man hates his wife because he wants her to be feminine. And I don't think a woman hates her husband because he's masculine. Right. And him being masculine does not make it toxic. So what they have done is they have created a vocabulary. And in this vocabulary that they're creating, what it does is it brings about fear to a lot of people. And instead of being who you are, you end up trying to prove that you are not who you're supposed to be. Whereas other countries are building themselves up because they look at America uh, 
they look at America and they see a country that has everything that they would desire, but why not try to take it from them? They don't appreciate it. Well, there are many of us over here. There are millions of us here who appreciate uh, what we have. When I, I want to just deal with that, when you look at the military and and all, we, we're starting to see now where uh, even in the, the 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 colleges, the military colleges, West Point and all, you're bringing in these people to educate these cadets who are going to they're going to graduate. If they're freshmen, they're going to graduate in four years. And then if they're in infantry or something, they're going to be uh, the platoon leader. And you're bringing them in with this what they call wokeness, which I believe is really you're falling asleep. You're bringing them in with this wokeness and all of these particular all these particular things. And you're not allowing the the military. Listen, the military is aggressive. It's not like the police, for example. The police, what they're to do is they're to take a situation and what they need to do is make sure they stabilize everything. Okay, you're going to go into an area, you bring them in. They're the last line of defense in a country, in those particular cities that they're in. uh, They're not going out per se, and their mission is not to conquer their country. Their mission is not to defeat their country. Their mission is not to render their country um, uh, incapable of waging war. On the other hand, the military does just that. And it's hard. It's it's straight up hard core. When uh some it was it was some time ago, it was decades ago, uh I was somewhere near we were, my unit was somewhere near the check border and we broke down. And I was left with the squad and uh, we had some oil, and I mean, it was a very, very terrible winter. Well, it was going to be a terrible winter up there anyway. Uh, the heater in our vehicle had broken down, which you had a problem with things like that back then. If you had a heater, that was like a, the heater broken down, and so we used all the oil that we had until it was gone. And uh, eventually, I ended up, to make a long story short, I ended up with late-stage frostbite. Uh, I was a step away from getting both feet amputated and I didn't walk for a while and that is so bad until you can't even put a sheet over your feet without it feeling like a thousand pound 1000 degree boulder you Mm. can't put any when you prop up you have to put your put a pillow under your calf and your your heel or not can't touch anything and you may fall asleep about every 30 hours because it's so painful and then you're you're awakened by the pain i'm saying as a man that in itself was excruciating uh that in itself was was terrible why would you why would you want to Think about putting women, placing women in that particular situation, let alone, I want to say this, if you, and it does happen at times, if you engage in hand-to-hand combat and there are three of them and three of you and there's one male and two females mm. and the other one has three males and as we, these guys are trained, they're testosterone mm-hmm. ready, okay, we know that Hitler had his troops on drugs. We know that if you if you study, well, he had them on drugs. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that's how they went the way that they went. But 
you get these countries and you get some of these people now who believe that to die uh, is an honorable thing. Why would a man be considered a misogynist? Because he says, I would feel more comfortable if it was three males on three males right. versus three males on one male and two females. And so we use things that really, how would we say this? They really are not reasonable. They don't make sense. In, 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 in argumentation and debate is what you call a logical fallacy. In other words, it's a fallacy with no logic. Right. You, you're giving us, or you're giving something with no. There's no logic to that because if we end up engaged, no weapons, and we both have the same fight skills, that man is like about forty, would say about forty percent more muscular. His right. his his skeletal system is larger. Exactly. Okay, so he's going to have more. His lungs are larger. His lung. He's got more brute strength. Right. He's going to have more more stamina. Abilities. So you're lying to a lot of women. Right. Absolutely. And, and and you're making them think that that you have this this equal thing. We're equal as people, but we're not equal in sense of as you would say our anatomy exactly. is different right. so that's what i have to say about that one and and you you are we are seeing where our military because we have a great military we do but if it can if you continue to have this wokeness that they're bringing in yes um they'll walk through just like what we saw in, in afghanistan that was that was a that was a travesty that yes. should have never oh, never that happened. would have never Happened. It should, have, it should have never happened. It was heartbreaking. And to hear what you hear about these men gave their their life. They lost their life in a useless manner. It was yep. it was no reason for those men. There was no reason for those men to lose their lives except ineptitude. That was yes. the only thing that caused that to happen. And I think you know that's something that that most of America feels. And then to come right back after this big blunder and tell us all that we have to have mandatory vaccinations and then make the companies that we work for do it to us you know so the these are really troubling times so we're almost out of time on this episode and again we're going to have uh dr dozer back as well so i'm not saying how many because this could be we could be we talked about a series here seriously <laughs> so, so um but one thing you share with me at one point kind of when this was first starting out that you just kind of felt like god was really telling you something and i thought that was a good thing to to end with um you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. I, I carry this paper with me. every. I carry it with me. I carry it in my, in my traveling case. I have it in my office. Uh, I gave it to uh, people in my ministry. I gave it to other pastors. I've even sent it out of state. Uh, but it was a word of wisdom that was given on March 28th, 2020. I was getting dressed, and I heard this, and I was told to go write this down, and I... I said, okay, I'm going to put my shoes on. I believe I'm hearing God. I'm putting my shoes on. And then it just came stronger. Go and write it now. So I went in my office. I sat down. I actually got a sheet of paper, put a pen in my hand, and sat there and waited. And this is what I got. This was March 18, 2020. In this hour, no harm shall come upon my church, though the territory of this plague is vast. Its devastation is limited. The government means you know ill. It is responding according to its own understanding. For the church, this is a time and a season for evaluation of your faith and your spiritual condition. I am, and I am being the Lord, I am looking at you in order to purge you of what is not like me. This isn't the end. Be encouraged. 
I am is preparing you for what lies ahead. Endure through this time and season, trusting and relying upon me. My promises are true. And then about six months later, I heard this portion that woke me up. I heard this, just one sentence. The things that are taking place are leading to what is to come. Mm. And I didn't really understand that with the government portion because of everything that we saw happening, Mm -hmm. taking place. It was a little bit before, and it was before because I believe it was around the beginning of April when you started seeing the shutdowns here in Florida. It was a little bit before, so I really didn't understand it. But there were some people, for example, I do believe that President Trump, I believe that he meant well in what he Mm -hmm. was doing. I really Mm -hmm. do believe that. Uh, uh, And so I looked at that. And then when I saw the portion about the um, uh, the territory of the plague is vast, its devastation is limited. There's some I'm not I can't say what God was giving me there, but I'm looking at it, and we we saw these tickers and these great numbers of deaths, and we're finding out that many of those deaths were not COVID. Many right. of those deaths mm-hmm. were other. That does not take away from the fact that we've had this COVID nineteen people. But many of those deaths were not COVID. So we can see that the American people were being manipulated. And so, yes, I'm looking at this and it looks as though right now we are getting ready to go. We are we're entering into another season and you should be able to see how dangerous it is. I do believe if people will take their eyes off of. Uh, commitment to a particular word when I say a particular word because there's some people they know very little about politics but they hear the word Democrat and their eyes light up right they hear the word Republican and light up and you look at policies you look at actions and as a believer then you look at the Word of God right and then I believe when you do that you can see clearly but you can see much clearer what it is that we are facing today and we are definitely facing some things many things many things that come up do not look like god yes that's funny dr dennis and i were really talking about this and he was having a conversation with his brother saying you know before david killed the giant he killed a lion and a bear you know and so even though we think hey yeah we don't know what's in this so we're not we're not god we don't know whether this is the mark of the beast all we're saying is hey these things are happening surrounding the mark of the beast and we'll get into that more the next one but one of the things that's obvious is that this is a major problem and it looks a lot like the beast okay if it's a precursor well the precursor to goliath was the lion the precursor to goliath was the bear and so you start to realize hey this is something that seems like it's starting to lead towards the end you see and so this is the whole point of everything we've been talking about hey there's a lion here we better deal with this preparation we better preparation and the church has got to come together we got to get our game on right as you said some of these things are leading to the end so um tell everybody that they need to give us a nice review alex well wait i just wanted to say what Pastor Dozer's voice here. You know, when White was little and we'd heard, uh, we'd watch Transformers and he's like, Mommy, I don't know. There's something, Optimus Prime, because I don't know. There's something about that man's voice that makes me trust everything he says. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, that's how I feel too. And he's like, Yeah, I know. Me too. And so there's something about your voice that I feel like it's almost like that Optimus Prime thing. Like, there's something about Pastor Dozer's voice. I just trust everything he says. 
It's like, right? I mean, yeah, it's he just true. has amazing voice. It's like Optimus Prime. So well, amazing. Thank you so much. That's right. You got another nickname, bro. Right. <laughs> Optimus Prime. Awesome. But yeah. um, you had mentioned something about you have a live feed where you do this. Where can people find you if they want to hear more? Because you're amazing. You've been an amazing guest. And I know people want to hear more from you. So where can they find your sermons, you? You can, you can find me on... Uh, you can find us on Facebook Live. You can find us and you go to Word of Grace and Truth Ministries. You can also find us on Wogat, W-O-G-A-T, dot sermon, dot net. Wogat, W-O-G-A-T, Wogat, dot sermon, dot net. And last but not least, you can find us on YouTube. Amen. He hasn't been pulled yet. No, we been, have. He's got to work on that. We've already been pulled. Yeah. yeah. I better check YouTube to see. I know we're still on Facebook Live. <laughs> this one might not show up there, though. That's for sure. But anyway, um, you guys, be sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review, share this with anyone you know that might want to uh, get this information out. We thank you so much for listening. And again, remember our folks in Honduras, soilministries.org. Uh, we're trying to help people down there with vision, not just resources, but there's so many people uh, down there and this is again there's so many places we could be involved and and this thing is too big for all of us so we we have partnered with them and uh, we're trying to help the people in Honduras so I hope you get a chance to check that out two of our projects that we're having some difficulty we have a girls home down there that is in disrepair and again it's a safe home for girls we actually have the money to fix it but we need you know we need some help those those funds go so much farther when you have somebody who actually does it for you and same thing we have a, a school up in euro that we have most of the money to build uh, a part to that so um, so these are things that if you have missionaries or builders that go places like that these are some things that could really help us god bless you guys and we'll be getting thomas back right away and we appreciate him and now he is now thomas dr thomas optimator prime <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> Alex will get that right. <laughs> He'll be back. God bless you guys. We love you. To that. So um, so these are things that if you have missionaries or builders that go places like that, these are some things that could really help us. God bless you guys. And we'll be getting Thomas back right away. And we appreciate him. And now he is now Thomas, Dr. Thomas, Optimator Prime. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> Alex will get that right. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back. God bless you. Love you.